Section 32 of the Underground Railroad, Part 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. The Underground Railroad, Part 1, by William Still. Section 32. Joseph Grant and John Speaks. Two Passengers on the Underground Railroad via Liverpool. It is to be regretted that, owing to circumstances, the account of these persons has not been fully preserved. Could justice be done them, probably their narratives would not be surpassed in interest by any other in the history of fugitives. In 1857, when these remarkable travelers came under the notice of the Vigilance Committee, as slavery seemed likely to last for generations, and there was but little expectation that these records would ever have the historical value which they now possess. Care was not always taken to prepare and preserve them. Besides, the cases coming under the notice of the committee were so numerous and so interesting that it seemed almost impossible to do them anything like justice. In many instances the rapt attention paid by friends, when listening to the sad recitals of such passengers, would unavoidably consume so much time that but little opportunity was afforded to make any record of them particularly was this the case with regard to the above-mentioned individuals the story of each was so long and sad that a member of the committee in attempting to write it out found that the two narratives would take volumes that all traces of these heroes might not be lost a mere fragment is all that was preserved the original names of these adventurers were joseph grant and john speaks between two and three years before escaping they were sold from maryland to john b campbell a negro trader living in baltimore and thence to campbell's brother another trader in new orleans and subsequently to daniel mcbeans and mr henry of harrison county mississippi though both had to pass through nearly the same trial and belonged to the same masters this recital must be confined chiefly to the incidents in the career of joseph he was about twenty-seven years of age well made quite black intelligent and self-possessed in his manner he was owned in maryland by mrs mary gibson who resided at st michael's on the eastern shore she was a nice woman he said but her property was under mortgage and had to be sold and he was in danger of sharing the same fate joseph was a married man and spoke tenderly of his wife she promised him when he was sold that she would never marry earnestly entreated him if he ever met with the luck to come and see her she was unaware perhaps at that time of the great distance that was to divide them his feelings on being thus sundered need not be stated however he had scarcely been in mississippi three weeks ere his desire to return to his wife and the place of his nativity constrained him to attempt to return accordingly he set off crossing a lake eighty miles wide in a small boat he reached kent island there he was captured by the watchman on the island who with pistols dirk and cutlass in hand threatened if he resisted that death would be his instant doom of course he was returned to his master he remained there a few months but could not content himself no longer to endure the ills of his condition so he again started for home walked to mobile and thence he succeeded in stowing himself away in a steamboat and was thus conveyed to montgomery a distance of five hundred and fifty miles through solid slave territory again he was captured and returned to his owners one of whom always went for immediate punishment the other being mild thought persuasion the better plan in such cases on the whole joseph thus far had been pretty fortunate considering the magnitude of his offence a third time he summoned courage and steered his course homewards towards maryland 
but as in the preceding attempts he was again unsuccessful in this instance mr henry the harsh owner was exasperated and the mild one's patience so exhausted that they concluded that nothing short of stern measures would cause joe to reform said mr henry i had rather lose my right arm than for him to get off without being punished after having put us to so much trouble joseph will now speak for himself he master sent the overseer to tie me i told him i would not be tied i ran and stayed away four days which made mr henry very anxious mr beans told the servants if they saw me to tell me to come back and i should not be hurt thinking that mr beans had always stood to his word i was over persuaded and came back he sent for me in his parlor talked the matter over sent me to the steamboat perhaps the one he tried to escape on after getting cleverly on board the captain told me i am sorry to tell you you have to be tied i was tied and mr henry was sent for he came well i have got you at last beg my pardon and promise you will never run away again and i will not be so hard on you i could not do it he then gave me three hundred lashes well laid on i was stripped entirely naked and my flesh was as raw as a piece of beef he made john the companion who escaped with him hold one of my feet which i broke loose while being whipped and when done made him bathe me in salt and water then i resolved to go or die in the attempt before starting one week i could not work on getting better we went to ship island the sailors who were englishmen were very sorry to hear of the treatment we had received and counseled us how we might get free the council was heeded and in due time they found themselves in liverpool there their stay was brief utterly destitute of money education and in a strange land they very naturally turned their eyes again in the direction of their native land accordingly their host the keeper of a sailor's boarding-house shipped them to philadelphia but to go back joseph saw many things in new orleans and mississippi of a nature too horrible to relate among which were the following i have seen mr beans whip one of his slaves to death at the tree to which he was tied mr henry would make them lie down across a log stripped naked and with every stroke would lay the flesh open being used to it some would lie on the log without being tied in new orleans i have seen women stretched out just as naked as my hand on boxes and given one hundred and fifty lashes four men holding them i have helped hold them myself when released they could hardly sit or walk this whipping was at the fancy house the chain gangs he also saw in constant operation four and five slaves chained together and at work on the streets cleaning etc was a common sight he could hardly tell sunday from monday in new orleans the slaves were kept so constantly going end of section thirty two recording by greg giordano newport ritchie florida